This is a journey into sound. Brought to you in living color on WTDR. I'm Tony Epstein. It's the Magical Mystery Tour. Join us as we dive into the heart of things, exploring new ideas and new ways of seeing and being in this wondrous, crazy world we share together. Lying on your back in the garage, you can't see a thing except for the clear blue sky, a few cotton-wool clouds, and higher in the great dome of the sky, filling it with song. Higher and higher, filling it with song. Filling it with song. They sound quite mad, don't they? I can feel it. How would you explain it? It's beautiful. God, it's God. I say God. How do you like that? Why, it's preposterous. Thank you very much. This is Paris. This is Chuck D. This is Flavor Flav, boy. And you're in tune to 91.1 FM, WGDR. Plainfield. We're going to change the system. Special magic. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to fear. I am a traveler. A wanderer. It's always changing and it is always the same. The world is listening.
Today on the Magical Mystery Tour, legendary jazz pianist, composer, and musical innovator Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock played with Miles Davis way back from 1963 to 1968, over 50 years ago. And today we're going to hear the sixth and final talk in his Ethics of Jazz series that I began airing here about a year and a half ago. This presentation is entitled, Once Upon a Time. I couldn't help but think as I listened to these amazing lectures that Herbie Hancock has not only given us the ethics of jazz, he has given us the Beatitudes of jazz. Think of what he's taught us over these past several weeks. Blessed are they who see, like Miles Davis saw, that, quote, only a great master can provide a path to finding your own true answers. Blessed are they who, quote, reach up while reaching down. Blessed are they who, quote, judge not what another plays, but in a blending of Professor Hancock's Buddhist faith and his faith in history and in music, turn poison into medicine. Blessed are those humble enough to know, as he says, there are no wrong notes, just better choices as he so felicitously quoted the great Theolonius monk, who also said, the loudest noise in the world is silence. And blessed are those, quote, crazy enough to change the world by breaking the rules while honestly pursuing their art. And finally, blessed are those who appreciate the difference between knowledge and wisdom, and who are courageous enough to participate in what Herbie calls the human revolution. Herbie Hancock has turned Sanders Theater into a classroom, a classroom almost as lively as the Blue Note in New York, late at night after a long set, when the lead and side men are sitting next to each other on tall stools, swapping stories and insights on new and better chords to play. Blessed are we who have been here to bear witness to this teacher, so masterfully drawing for us his collage of old and new. A storyteller's storyteller, which is why it's so very fitting that he has titled his last lecture, Once Upon a Time. Storytelling, scratching, and signifying have always been hallmarks of the African-American experience, from slavery to freedom, in the fullest artistic expression and through those stories, written and sung, played and performed, from Cotton Fields to Carnegie Hall, they have given us an ethics to cling to through the fiercest of storms. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Professor Herbie Hancock. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, it's been an amazing experience here and that the introductions that have been given to me before each lecture have been astounding. I've always been wondering, who's that guy that they're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my final lecture in the Ethics of Jazz series. It's been an honor and one of the highlights of my life to talk about some of my experiences with one of my musical mentors, 
Miles Davis and share the positive and negative consequences of breaking the rules. Emphasize and give prominence to the necessity and demand for cultural diplomacy. Discuss groundbreaking science and, and tech innovations and demonstrate some of the new technologies in my own personal toolbox. And illuminate the connection and significance between Buddhism and creativity. And today, along with this exceptional group of talented musicians, I'm going to verbally and, and sonically unite these ideas and, and concepts by summarizing the ethics of jazz in a musical way. Today's lecture is about unlocking and revealing the art of performance and is called Once Upon a Time, which was triggered by something my good friend saxophonist Wayne Shorter has said on, on a number of occasions. And if people know Wayne, you may have heard him say this himself. And actually, that phrase was in fact handed down by Miles Davis. Miles wanted to lead the band to play a story, play what they were thinking, and would say, don't play music. He'd say, once upon a time, so what? <laughs> what do you say after once upon a time? That's our diving off place. And when, when Wayne performs with his band, he's described the experience as, as, as this, and I quote, when we get together, we don't rehearse. So the first thing we hear, notes, it's always something like, once upon a time, and then we say to each other, what the hell do you say after once upon a time? Okay, let's, let's go for it. Without rehearsing, you're really out there naked without the credentials and the, the audience will see struggle and ultimately, hopefully, victory. And then Wayne continues, just get up there, look at the paper and start playing. Don't play what you see on the paper. What's behind that music? Look for the face. Look for the dialogue, which is actually you. Once upon a time. Now that's a phrase that is magic. It conjures up the infinite possibilities of performance. Performances come in all shapes and sizes. A, a recent headline actually grabbed my attention. It read, Alice Hertz Sommer, who found peace in Chopin amid Holocaust, dies at 110. The oldest survivor 
of the atrocity of the Nazi concentration camps, Ms. Herzsommer found solace by performing over 100 concerts in the Terracin camp and said, quote, through making music, we were kept alive. The purpose of a performance often goes beyond just entertainment. Performances can highlight a cause, for example, civil rights, the AIDS epidemic, the plight of a beleaguered nation after horrific natural or internal disasters, and can be rough around the edges or worn smooth by experience. Performances are an effective means to communicate the entire spectrum of human emotions. And they take us on, on excursions and voyages without having to pack a suitcase. So, this afternoon I'd like to take you along on a journey filled with unknowns because you're going to see how we put together a performance. I mean, I, I started to wear a beautiful plaid jacket with a tie and a blue shirt. Tony, you know what I'm talking about, right? I promised you I was going to wear that. I decided to not wear that today. Uh, because this is going to be like a rehearsal. So uh, we're, we're not prepared. How do you like that? But we're going to show you what, what preparation kind of looks like. We start with nothing, a tabula rasa. We have to decide which songs we're going to play, which concepts we're going to use, design and structure arrangements, and in this case, get to know each other because I'm meeting the bass player. Josh, for the first time today. So obviously, we've never performed together. That's daring, right? For me and for him. <laughs> this preparation, which you'll see, is an adventure of personalities, ideas, and perspectives. And there is a, a coalescence and empathetic atmosphere that is shared among the players. It's kind of like making a meal. Everybody pitches in to contribute to what we hope will be satisfying, but leaves you just a little bit hungry for more. In jazz, we try to make the arrangement provocative for the musicians and the audience so that the performance has the stimulus to develop and hopefully be inspiring. We reach out from our hearts to yours. The path leading up to performance begins with a, a small seed, a, a flash of an idea. And over the course of time, it is tended, fertilized, and eventually blossoms. Rehearsal, and I'm appropriately dressed for that, is an excellent time to begin thinking outside the box. And elements like trust, courage, sensitivity, among others, are free to emerge. 
And now, it's my honor to introduce the band that will be accompanying me today. Let's start with Terry Lynn Carrington. Again. I met Terry Lynn when she was a teenager, just last week. <laughs> you know, she's uh, known several musicians over the years because her father, who is actually sitting right here, he's a saxophone player, right? And we, we actually never had a chance to play together, but, but he introduced her to so many musicians over the years, and I think Clark Terry one of one of your mentors from how old were you when you when you uh, met Clark? I uh, met Clark probably when I was uh, ten. He took me to Kansas to play uh, Wichita Jazz Festival, and that was thirty-eight years ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And did you play with with your father's band before that? Yeah, I used to play with my father all the time, sure, growing how, how up. My, was, my grandfather played drums, and uh, he passed away right before I was born, so it was kind of ran in the family, you know. And how old were you at, at that time? Uh, I started at seven, so. I started at seven, too, but I wasn't playing with anybody. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was just practicing scales and things. But Terry Lane, I want to mention that she also teaches over at, uh, at Berkeley been there for a number of years. They probably named the school after her pretty soon. <laughs> and uh, this young man over here, Lionel Lueke. <laughs> Lionel records for Blue Note Records and uh, uh, now he's been around for, for a little bit now. He's from uh, Benin in uh, West Africa. And I, I met him in 2004? 2001 I met him. Right. And actually he applied for the Thelonious Monk Institute of Jazz uh, Collegiate Program. It's now called the Fellows Program. Uh, and he submitted I think back then it might have been a might have been tape or maybe it was a CD. I'm not sure. No. Was it tape? It was. Yeah, I, th I think it was tape. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I, I just remember when I first heard that tape. I said, "What? He's a guitar player?" You know, because I heard all kinds of stuff. You know, and I never heard anybody play like that. So I just knew. You know. As soon as I meet this guy, I want to hire him, right? I knew that. I finally got a chance to do that in 2006, right? 2004, actually, yeah. <laughs> you get to be my age and the memory kind of goes. You don't remember what dates of, of 2004, yeah. So, and actually, Lionel has his own bands that he's worked with. And four CDs? How many? Three. Three. <laughs> you got three. All right. But then, oh, oh but there are um, uh, some of your compositions on, on records by other people, like Gretchen Palato and Terrence Blanchard. And, and so he's an amazing uh, composer and um, great human being. Actually, all these, they're all 
great human beings. Yeah. And uh, Josh Hari. <laughs> I'm meeting him for the first time, actually just a couple of hours ago. And uh, he plays both acoustic bass and electric bass. I actually don't have anything about his history. I actually asked Terry Linda to suggest a young, young artist to join us on the stage today because he represents the future. And I'd like to give him the opportunity to express his ideas in putting these arrangements together uh, as well as the rest of us. All of us are, are mic'd, uh, or we have mics, so that you'll have an opportunity to hear our thoughts. And hopefully you can get a sense of our process of working out our arrangements and in preparation for performance. So, um, let's get it on. Yeah. <laughs> I have to admit that I was a little anxious about not saying anything to anybody about what we might do because normally if you're putting together a whole show with a band that hasn't been together you might spend four or five days, you know, in a jazz group, six hours a day, maybe, putting it together. Well, we don't have four or five days and six hours a day, so uh, in order to cut a few corners, I mean, there were some discussions over just the past couple of days, but no real uh, preparation as such. So you're going to hopefully get some sense of, of uh, what we do. We talked about one of the pieces that uh, Lionel wrote. I think it was recorded by Terrence Blanchard first, right? It was, yeah. Yeah. We already discussed that maybe we'll start with that one. Yeah. What was that idea you talked about? Oh, the groove that's in the front? Let's just play that for, for, for a minute and then. All right. Just that first round.
It started already. They're already moving into some other territories. So, anyway, the basic form of the piece, maybe we could, could play that the way in four. Yeah. yeah. I was just saying, maybe switch, you know, later on, later on, move back and forth or something, find some other places. Yeah. You mentioned before about switching from the playing in four to playing, well, playing in four means playing. Four, four, four beats, and then playing in six means playing in. The last thing was in six piece. One, two, three, four, or five, six. One, two, three, four, six. One, two. You know. Anyway, uh, so we start off with four. Oh yeah, and then when we get to that, and then switch to six, go back and forth. Oh, oh, oh just stay in there for a minute. Maybe between the solos, we could. Uh stay on the interlude in four for a little bit and then move into something else uh, for your solo or oh, then like man. leave your solo uh, point of departure from the four to wherever you want oh, to yeah. go yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> what do you think man oh. <laughs> okay see Leonel left a rehearsal like a get together to go do a class and that's see so Herbie and I, we have this bad habit of, uh, <laughs> of right. deconstructing other people's songs. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's his tune, but we already deconstructed it, right? Okay.
listening to Herbie Hancock, and this is the Magical Mystery Tour.
Thank you. Thank you. Well, time flies. Tempest Fugit, right? Um, okay, we, we talked about um, maybe doing something with um, a song I wrote called Toys. Maybe play something like the original version, you know, close to it first and then stop and then and then start it again. <laughs> okay, because we have some other ideas about it, but this is how it kind of was in, in the beginning. That was the original idea. 
So what we did actually discuss beforehand, uh, Terry Lynn suggested that since the end of it is, has its And then it's got this other, this other thing that... But anyway, use that kind of as a launching off place. And place something based off of the melodic content that's in the, in the piece. Is that more or less? Yeah. Oh yeah, you mentioned something about beats. Uh, I was thinking... Uh... Since it's based off a triplet, you know, you can also turn the triplets into 16th notes or, you know, kind of maybe weave back and forth between the uh, triplet feel and the yeah. 16th feel, but with the same value. Oh, you mean this is... That's what she means by triplets, because this is a one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. But she's going to play four. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, like that. Right? That's kind of the idea. All right.
I mean, we, we're listening to Herbie Hancock, les, legendary jazz pianist. And this is the Magical Mystery Tour. This is the final lecture in Herbie Hancock's Ethics of Jazz series. And in this performance, he's playing with an impromptu pickup band. It's WGDR Plainfield, WGDH Hardwick, Goddard College Community Radio. It's really taking chances. I mean, it's, oh, we've really con completely deconstructed the tune, left a lot of room for whatever happens that you can't rehearse for. Uh, Wayne Shorter, I used to call them Wayneisms, right? He, he would say, how can you rehearse the unknown? <laughs> right? <laughs> so one, one other thing that um, we thought we might take is um, uh, another one of my pieces that is uh, fairly well known and um, do a, a little something to it, make a little twist in it. Terry always comes up with ideas, you know. Her idea was to take chameleon and do something different with it.
Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining me this afternoon, and I'm looking forward to our paths crossing again in the new, near future. And please don't forget to join me in celebrating International Jazz Day on April 30th. Every country in the world will be participating in the festivities. I've enjoyed sharing my experiences and, and beliefs and hope you found benefit in learning about some of the heroes and mentors who've been instrumental in my life. And I hope our discussions have been of interest and that I've left you with a few ideas to take along on your personal and collective journeys that, in my view, are important. One. Recognize the value of mentors whose goals and leadership serve as models and guides throughout our lives. Two, work towards happiness for yourself and others as a contribution to the advancement of humanity in your own unique way. Three, never give up on the battle to overcome personal demons that stand in the way of contributing to a more humane and peaceful world. Be open-minded about everything. That's number four. Number five is muster up the courage to examine many sides of an issue, including preconceptions that you may have harbored for a long time. And six, be prepared to say, yes, I can do this more often than, no, I'm not able to do this. Number seven, respect all people and realize we need each other. Number eight, if you want to see a good guy, look in the mirror. <laughs> want to see a bad guy? Look in the mirror. We're both, but which one's going to win? Number nine, we don't have to like everybody, but we should love everybody. Number 10, have the courage to change and to change the rules. Eleven, think about purpose. It's really important. And practice the ethics of jazz. It's been an honor and a supreme privilege. Thank you very much.
That was Herbie Hancock, legendary jazz pianist, and that concludes his sixth and final presentation from his Ethics of Jazz lecture series he gave back in February of 2014. That's about it for this Magical Mystery Tour. We'll go out with Bird's Word by The Last Poets. Everything was silent. And then Ma Rainey spread black news by way of the backwater blues. As Bessie Smith picked up on it and spread the word through music and song. And the message passed on to Chit Webb, King Oliver, Buddy Bolton, and Jelly Roll Morton. And they played the word and passed it along to Louis Armstrong, Fats Navarro, Charlie Ventura, Roy Elridge, and Fats Waller, who was known to holler. The joint is jumping with a fat man's joy as everybody started stomping at the Savoy. Then the word grew strong as the immortal bird came along and blew all the blackness that was true with some bebop brand new, turning everybody on with his unforgettable heart. As Lester Young became the first president of our race And we turned around and dug on a beautiful face Of Billie Holiday As Billie began to sing praises to the black man's thing 
And the good brother Monk doing some funk so that the whole world could see what he is, was, and always will be a genius creatively. And Miles began to set new styles and put us miles ahead as Dizzy set us free to be ourselves and ride to heaven from hell in the latest Eldorado coming for the carriers home. Then Dana sang final as Duke and Ella rode to fame, going to Harlem on the A train. And we tuned in the Charlie Mingus bass, setting a soulful pace that let us taste the down sound and found our hearts beating to the voice and drums of Abby Lincoln and Max Roach in their hip approach to blackness. As Eddie Jefferson crooned an original tune and Lamb Harrington Ross scattered a new cause. And we sampled King Pleasure's treasure and listened to James Moody's moans and then dug the dynamite drums of brother Philly Joe Jones. As Milt Jackson played the vibes and leaps and strides with the MJQ that sped our prides into sophisticated funkiness. Meanwhile, Sonny Rollins was building a bridge for us to leave behind our grief for the soulful relief to find our own black minds to tune in on Bud Powell who played the piano with funky hands as he filled the seats and made them stand on funky nights down Birdland. Then the mighty hawk made his horn talk and we heard Baby Ray play what I say and jam the set to dig on that as Art Blakey broke free spreading the message to you and me to dig on the trumpet of KD as we broadened our range and counted our change with Basie. As our father Hines blew out And we grew fonder of Errol Garner As Eddie Harris bent our ear Talking about listen here And Eric Dolphy made his sand With a side called Iron Man And Gene Ammons told his soul And we mined Harrison Silver That bought fucking gold And Oscar Brown and Joe Williams got down And we spun around, 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 spun around And Doug Clifford Brown Blowing a sweet fucking sound of soul With the rhythm of gold and a long 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 As Brother Train blew to the east to destroy the beast and bring back peace to black people. And everybody heard the majestic word, a train's horn, telling us of a love supreme for black people that grew strong and on and on and on and on and on and on. John Coltrane Then Jimmy Smith got funky with it And preached a sermon not to walk on the wild side But ride with Wes Montgomery Who played his best every day in our life As Shirley Scott's organ got hot And she and Stanley set more funk free As Alma Jamal played with renewed ability To give our minds some tranquility So that we can listen to an in-soul death Brother Archie Shep As Jackie McLean broke on the scene Blowing mean and harder For everybody to listen to Betty Carter As Sun Ra shine And cannonballs horn wine Mercy! Piping it. We couldn't. 
couldn't get enough of Brother Jack McDuff As Freddie Hubbard began to bug And we heard from Donald Byrd And there'll be no others like the Outer Brothers And Wayne Shorter grew taller And our ship left dock with Herbie Hancock As we rolled with Lee Morgan And grooved on Richard Holmes' organ And Glenn dug the soul of Art Tatum Produced the sound that made him As Rufus Harley blew an old new type bagpipe And put the pants back on a man And Nina Simone grown Mississippi, goddamn And Brother McCoy gave us peace and joy As Elton brought our Freedom Jones down on us And Charles Lloyd filled the void And we watched Roland Kirk work And with a sigh of relief Listen to Yusef Latif Blowing a flow of flurries of peace from the east As Pharaoh Saunders floated down the Nile With Brother Leon Thomas To herald the promise of peace and happiness throughout the land All praises due to the creator of the black man 